Welcome to Bible Banter with Barb and Jarrett, a Lenten podcast for 2020 from the Episcopal Church of St. Martin in the Fields in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Today's podcast is for the third Sunday in Lent, Year A, focusing on the Gospel reading, John, chapter 4, verses 5 through 42. Listen in. Hello, and welcome to Bible Banter with Barb and Jarrett. I'm Jarrett Kerbel. And I'm Barb Ballinger. Welcome to Bible Banter, a weekly podcast during Lent where Barb and I look at some of the scripture coming up for the Sunday following. And we banter. (laughs) Indeed we do. (laughs) Because we enjoy reading the Bible and we get so much out of it and we love to share that. So this should be fun. Today we have John 4 verses 5 through 42, and this is the story of the Samaritan woman. I think you're going to enjoy this. I think Barb has a really interesting reading she's going to share. Let's go ahead and read it. Uh, We're going to be sharing parts here. (laughs) So, Jesus came to a Samaritan city called Sychar, near the plot of ground that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus tired out by his journey, was sitting by the well. It was about noon. A Samaritan woman came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. His disciples had gone to the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, asks a drink of me, a woman of Samaria? Jews do not share things in common with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, Sir, you have no bucket, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob, who gave us the well, and with his sons and his flocks drank from it? Jesus said to her, Everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I may never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come back. The woman said, (laughs) I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You are right in saying I have no husband, for you have had five husbands, and the only one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you say that the place where people must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father seeks such as these to worship him. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. 
When he comes, he will proclaim all things to us. Jesus said to her, I am he, the one who is speaking to you. Just then his disciples came. They were astonished that he was speaking with a woman. But no one said, What do you want? Or why are you speaking with her? Then the woman left with her water jar, left her water jar, and went back to the city. She said to the people, Come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? They left the city and were on their way to him. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Surely no one has brought him something to eat. Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to complete his work. Do not say, Four months more than comes the harvest? But I tell you, look around you and see how the fields are ripe for harvesting. The reaper is already receiving wages and is gathering fruit for eternal life. So that sower and reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that city believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me everything I've ever done. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days. And many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, It is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this is truly the Savior of the world. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Thanks be to God. So now, Barb, the way you look at this passage really made me heard it differently this time. Oh, man, I love the Samaritan woman. See, I think she is just the most savvy religious leader in her community that you could find and that Jesus just stumbled upon an exciting opportunity when she meets him at the well. So there are a couple things about her that make her, to me, look like a religious leader and not some sort of sinful woman who has to sneak out at noon. Because John doesn't usually throw around times sort of arbitrarily, right? So we're, you know, when, we're in, when John's naming times, it means something a little different. This woman, she meets Jesus, and they have this banter back and forth. A Bible banter, in fact. Indeed. And, and, she, is, and she is just meeting him word for word. Um, you know what it reminds me of? What? Um, a 1940s film noir movie. She's the, <laughs> she's the sassy gal Friday, giving, giving back as good as she gets right there. It'd be fun to reimagine her that way. Played by Joan Crawford. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, Jesus, I see what you're saying there. <laughs> You've got no bucket. <laughs> You've got no bucket, bucket. sir. <laughs> So I was reading this really interesting little commentary on on her on on some of the words that are used to describe her and this place where it describes her as having five husbands is really interesting because the word for that in Greek is Baal or whether it's Greek or the original Hebrew but it's it's Baal the god Baal that we know about from Old Testament fame and so it could mean lord it could mean master or husband or god false god 
False God, exactly. So Jesus could be saying to her, you have five gods, and the one you have now is not the true one, is not truly the one. And she could be saying, yeah, this is not that these, I, you're right, you're right. I have five gods because the Samaritans brought five gods back from their captivity. So this might be working in categories of religious difference and back and forth. We worship on the mountain. You worship in the temple. We have gods. You have gods. We have one God. They're going at it back and forth. But the thing is, Jesus brings up something that she really is hungry for, yes. and that is the true God, and, and something that will quench her thirst for that God. And this is where I think she recognizes who Jesus really is. I think that's right on. I think when I now read this story, what I see is somebody who's receptive. She's ready. She's thought about these things. She's dissatisfied on some level. You know, she understands thirst. You know, blessed are those who thirst. Mm -hmm. And Jesus is working with a receptive person here. He's not overwhelming her or condemning her or judging her. He's just finding a really local and concrete way to have this conversation with somebody he senses is receptive to him. And it's that John, funny John, Gospel of John way of using what's at hand to point to what is deeper. Right a well, we're going to talk about water. We're going deep. We're going deep. And these wells were deep. We're going to go to water, and we're going to point that water from the well to Jesus as the source of water. We're going to move from literal thirst to spiritual thirst. We're going to move from having a bucket to being the bucket. <laughs> it's just a really fun, playful passage when you look at it. They're bantering. They're playing they back are. and forth and spiraling into the deeper meaning of who Jesus is and spiraling into the deeper meaning of what she most wants. And she's ready to say that those five gods are not her gods. She immediately responds, that's not true. You know, I have no husband. You are right. Mm -hmm. Those gods are not true, I should say. Mm -hmm. That's the truth. And I think to me that's the maybe the meaning of the noonday sun. Hmm. This is happening in the clear light of day. Oh, that's interesting. Right? Yeah. Light is a big part of the Gospel mm. of John. You have to come out into the light. Right. Oh, good. And that's what Nicodemus won't do, right? Nicodemus won't come out into yeah. the light. But she does. She's ready to be in the light, which is what Jesus is calling us to do. Wow. And I love this because she's, she's not only thirsty, but she's connected. So another depth that's going on is sort of the depth and breadth of the word, how it travels. So Jesus shares it with this woman, and it's going to immediately go back to her city. And the people are going to hear her, and on her authority alone are going to come out to meet Jesus. That's the way the word spreads. We don't keep it to ourselves. When we're really thirsty and we really encounter Jesus, the call is to tell others what you've encountered and to come and see. Right. I think the key phrase to me in the passage is, the hour is coming and is now here that noon hour, mm. when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth, for the Father seeks such as these to worship mm. him. So here we have the interpretive key. Jesus has sought out somebody who is ready for spirit and truth. Mm. And the passage is full of moments when she turns away from what is false or what is just a limited 
pale shadow of truth Mm -hmm. towards the greater truth. She is consistently willing to leave behind the shadow and move into the light or the pale representative and move into the more deep presence of God. She is a model of the receptive, ready, willing disciple. I love too how Jesus eats this up. Like this is exactly for him pure joy. It is food and drink. It is what he hungers and thirsts for. So, you know, the the disciples all come back with their McDonald's or whatever, you know, and they're about to pass it all around and they figure he's been waiting for hours for them and he doesn't want it because this is what it's about. This mm-hmm. is I've I've eaten everything that that I right. could want. And that's I just right. love him relishing yeah. this moment with this with this woman and the impact of God upon his life and her life and the life of this community. And he's going to stay 2 days with them. Like he yeah. totally is digging this. Yeah, he's living out his full mission here in this unlikely setting. We have to keep reminding people that this is an unlikely setting. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's an unlikely setting on the side of the Jewish members of the story. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus and his disciples who are shocked that he's with a woman, first of all. Mm-hmm. You know, he's having this lively banter with a woman. You know, the misogyny of the time wouldn't expect that. Mm-hmm. And she's a Samaritan. She's a, someone who's been rejected as an idolater and an unfaithful Jew by the Jewish mainstream. So Jesus is crossing a historic boundary of misunderstanding Mm -hmm. and grievance and all for the sake of the person. Mm -hmm. He is letting to go, he is letting go lie and falsehood to embrace this woman in the spirit and the truth. Mm -hmm. It's a great example of the spirit and the truth leaves behind these past assumptions and prejudices and ill-founded boundaries and reaches out for the person it's just Mm -hmm. an exciting passage that way so you're right he is in his fullness the fullness of his ministry here yep i i just find this uh this particular scripture to be so hopeful and and it really when read with slightly different eyes it just undoes so many of the prejudices that we even want to carry into the text you know about sinful women and and things like that it just undoes all that and gives incredible dignity and incredible promise to the diversity of people you know others have have laid this groundwork others have sown and in the samaritan community who sowed you know that me it just means that it gives some dignity to their whole history yeah and this it's itself the passage is all about the effect of spirit and truth Mm -hmm. what does spirit and truth do what does it do it strips away falsehood it strips away lies it strips away prejudice and false division and really the spiritual question for us in lent is are we ready for spirit and truth Mm. are we ready for the stripping away of all those convenient falsehoods that we lean on, that we rely on, those things that we just leave assumed in our life, but actually really do block our relationship with this God who's more than willing to meet us at the well no matter where we start from. Mm -hmm. One of the falsehoods that gets stripped away is some people look at the Gospel of John as, quote, the spiritual gospel, right? Mm. And they fall into this kind of duality where spiritual is not flesh, and mm, sin yeah. is flesh, 
But Jesus is very fleshy in this passage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's he's thirsty. Mm-hmm. He's hungry. He's ready for some water, right? Mm-hmm. He's tired. Yeah. It starts with him being tired. Yeah. So let's just strip away that false reading of the Gospel of John and be ready for some spirit and truth that, you know, the Jesus of the Gospel of John is every bit human and fleshy and body as the Gospel of Luke, Matthew, or Mark. Absolutely. And I like what you said about kind of bringing this into Lent. This Lent, maybe we just need to let Jesus tell us who we are, tell us everything we've ever done. And in the light of that, in the truth of that, let Jesus bring us the living water that makes us so fully who we are in God. That's it. Let's uh, wait and listen and even banter back and forth with Jesus Mm -hmm. and be ready to leave behind what he is calling us to leave behind because of the spirit and truth that is offered. And that is so refreshing. Yeah. Like a good drink of water from a well in the desert at noon. Exactly. This Lent. Drink it up. Drink it up. <laughs> well, thanks, Barb. That was a lot of fun. This, has been, <laughs> this has been Bible Banter with Barb and Jarrett from the Church of St. Martin in the Fields. Uh, we hope you'll join us every Sunday for worship when we go deep into this scripture and preaching and prayer and the Eucharist. And we have many opportunities each week to study the Bible. So please join us and catch us next week as we keep going through Lent with Bible banter. Goodbye, Barb. Bye, Jarrett. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Episcopal Church of St. Martin in the Fields in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. You are welcome to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock a.m. for a spoken Holy Eucharist, 9.15 a.m. Worship Together, Holy Eucharist for Preschool Families, or 10.30 a.m. Choral Eucharist. During Lent, we offer Compline weekly on Wednesdays at 7 o'clock p.m. Other weekday services may be found on our website at stmartinec.org. To learn more about our other Lenten offerings, including suggested reading, Bible studies, and Wellspring spiritual formation programs, please visit stmartinec.org forward slash Lent. Our Holy Week and Easter schedule is also available on our website at stmartinec.org forward slash Holy Week Easter. We look forward to seeing you here. Have a blessed Lent!